What's going on, Irregulars? Welcome back on another Thursday. How are we doing, Bobby? It's your boy, Bobby. What's going on, Caitlin? I'm uh, good. We're we're recording today in a beautiful, beautiful place, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's, it's sunny. It's nice out. I'm feeling good. How about you? I know. This place is uh, pretty immaculate. It, <laughs> it's uh, I'm... I feel out of place, but I feel in place at the same time. It's really weird, really weird. But uh, no, this week's been good. Um, How's your first week as a 30-year-old man? Painful. It hurts. I wake up. (laughs) Physically? Like physically, like I woke up, I have like a pulled muscle in my back. I'm like, oh, God damn, this hurts. But, But no, like one thing that like we were talking about on our way down here, you know, to where we're recording today was like a big self-realization that I'm having about like my circle of people and how much smaller it's getting, but in like the best possible way. Like I feel back in the day I had like this giant group of people that I always hung out with. I always had something to do on a Friday, Saturday, you know, Sunday or whatever. And like now I'm like struggling to find something to do but then like when i do find something to do it's way more fun than just going to a bar and one's more impactful right yeah yeah it's got it's got more value to Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. so i just think that that's really interesting something you know that i'm learning to navigate you know my life through because i'm used to having all these people i'm used to just you know having plans that for that night already made a week before and like now i'm like like I finished work yesterday and I was like, shit, like I don't have, I don't have anything to do. And then it was like, oh, well then, and then I wound up meeting up with a friend and we wound up going out and having a blast and it was a great time. And it's like, and we actually got into like a real nice conversation just about like life and stuff like that at the bar. And it was cool. But like, Can I it's, ask, are you, so you're back on the drinking wagon now? Yeah, I had a few beers. Yeah, I had Good, a few. Good, uh, love that. I, I showed up with some claws actually. We oh. went to a pregame, showed up with some claws. I'm so proud. Oh. It's so bad. Like I'm a friend that's like, Bobby's drinking again. Let's give him a round of applause. Yes, yes. <laughs> love it, love it. But yeah, no, I had a couple of beers, but I'm not really, I don't know, into the drinking thing anymore. Like, I'll do it, but eh, every now and then. How are you? Um, I didn't drink. Oh, I had two White Claws last night. It doesn't really count, though. That, that doesn't count. No. no. So, um, I'm good. I feel like this week has been busy. All of them have. Um, but I think... We've done some really awesome episodes this past month, which I kind of want to just get into quickly. The guests that we've had on, like, wow. Yeah, it just, it's been, May has been a killer month. Yeah, we, I think, and it all kind of, I don't want to say fell into our lap because we definitely, I will give you a shout out. You worked hard to, to get those things in motion, but it's kind of like one thing happens and then it leads to another thing and then so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. First of all, thank you so much to our guests. They've been awesome. Um, thank you also to the people that have reached out, um, May being Mental Health Awareness Month. We've gotten into some pretty deep stuff uh, personally with ourselves and also just with the people that we've been speaking with. So the feedback that we've gotten, people opening up about things has been incredible, I think. Yeah, every single week that we've released something, I've had multiple people hit me up and be like, wow, that person's story is interesting. Or I never, you know, when they said this, like that resonated with me, like value is being taken from every episode, which is what we say is that's our goal. You know, one person we impact, that's, that's it. Absolutely. That's how it's done. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to my two best friends quickly, uh, Liv and Zoe. This is kind of similar to what you were saying. As you get older, you realize the people that are important and have an impact on you. And I spent the weekend with them a couple weeks ago. And they're the two friends that I have that always check in with me in a very honest way. If you guys remember Liv from episode, what was it? 19. 19, Liv was on. Um, Very self-aware, very real, but also the friends that will kind of give you shit if you're not doing the right things Mm -hmm. for you to be good for you moving forward. So they kind of just checked in with me a couple weeks ago and – you know, gave me some hard advice that I think sucked to hear in the moment, but was good long term, just in terms of like my career and like what I'm doing moving forward and just the people that I'm choosing to spend my time with and that kind of stuff. So just a, kind of like a shout out to real friends, I feel like. What yeah, you were it's, saying. Kind of, it's kind of like what I was mm-hmm. saying, like my circle, it's getting smaller, but like it's getting realer, if that makes sense. Yeah, you and I'm I mean? so appreciative to have friends that can at risk of like, it was uncomfortable for sure. I cried and mm-hmm. I got a little bit pissed and defensive at first, but they know me so well. They know what I want and they don't do it to be like rude or to attack me. They're just saying like, Hey, checking in. Like, I know 
who you are and what you want and what you're doing right now does not mirror that at all. So yeah, no, that's good. You got to have that in your Absolutely. life. I've been, like I said, I've been trying to find that more in people now and kind of hate to say it, but trimming the fat of the people that aren't providing right. that for me. I'm, I'm old now, so I got to do that, right? <laughs> I'll be 30 in like six months. I don't say that, but. Well, then that means you'll be old in six months. Okay. Older and wiser, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So to round out Mental Health Awareness Month, we have a guest on today that I personally am very excited about. I'm pumped. Uh, we actually went to high school with this person, which is interesting. Uh, Bobby does not know her until right now. Yes. I met her be... one hour ago. Yeah. Uh, we've been shooting the shit for a while so i would like to welcome singer songwriter and multi-platinum selling artist as well as my personal friend from high school theater nerd you all know her as roses i know her as liz welcome liz hi <laughs> welcome well I, I can't i can't we can't we can't say welcome we're in her house yeah welcome <laughs> so. to my house there you go <laughs> we're recording from philly and ironically liz lives like a block and a half away from where I used to live about a year ago. So we were quarantined less than a mile, less than a half mile away and didn't even know it. Wild. Ago. I don't know how I didn't see you. I wish I had known that because, I mean, the listeners know that I quarantined with my ex, which was humbling to say the least. I would have much preferred getting quarantined with your ass. Uh, yeah, you definitely could have knocked on this door. We're taking some breaks here. Bless. But anyway, so Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Welcome. So um, It's been what? I think probably six years since we've seen each other. Probably more than that. I literally don't. I was like trying to think about this this morning. Like, when was the last time I saw you? And I feel like it maybe was high school because I do not do anything like near the high school. Like yeah. I, I just try. I don't know. Well, I have to point out we did go to a gay club together. Remember in Philly, like after graduation. Were we was in that after graduation? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. wait, think- oh my gosh! Actually, that <laughs> night my ex boyfriend called me. Oh. Don't want to mention any names, but mm. that was oof. that was a fun time. We were definitely underage. We were definitely drunk. We were definitely, definitely underage. underage. Yeah, and it, I think and it was, we stopped the at checkers. I, that was the first time I had checkers. Oh my god, I was such a head. We went I to Woody. Was it Woody? I and think it was something eye like candy, Woody. Eye candy. Eye candy. Yes, it was like underage night, and we went with a couple of high school friends. My sister drove us. We drank like probably. like I don't know. Pinnacle. In the car. <laughs> I literally, and then like after that, we went to Checkers and got milkshakes and it tasted like the Pinnacle. So I've never had to have like, I couldn't have a vanilla milkshake since then. You're welcome. Because oh. those shits hurt your belly. So <laughs> anyway, um, welcome, Liz. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So the public probably knows you as Roses. Can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from? Give us some background. Um. Okay. A little bit about myself. I guess like I'm from... Lansdale, North Wales. And um, I don't know. I'm now a musician like in the dance world, pop world. Um, yeah, I've just, just been doing a lot of like writing and, and releasing in the, the pop world and working with a lot of like DJs and things like that. So so the song that you're probably most popularly known for is Roses with the Chainsmokers. Yeah. And that was released six years ago, was like next really? month. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh, we are getting old. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I yeah, know. It, well, it's funny because, like, you had sent it to me because, as everyone knows, I don't listen to, like, the pop music <laughs> and whatnot. But um, you were like, yeah, listen to this song. I was like, wait, I actually know this song. It doesn't have screaming in it. Um, and I, But I saw the on uh, Spotify. It said 2015. I'm like, wait, I have heard this song, like, mm-hmm. a billion times, like, yeah. for the last six years. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So how did you how did you ultimately end up? heading down this path like did you know that this is what you wanted to do or yeah I mean I went through a really bad breakup in high school and I started doing like we have something called like the morning show and like I was doing like my senior year yeah yeah, high school I was doing like they had me on like singing songs and it was like very clearly like about this breakup which I like just knew that was this after I graduated yeah oh my god like my senior year and um so I just kind of like started like writing music and just um I always wanted to do that. Like, that was just something that I always wanted to do. But I guess, like, then it came to college, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, so I went to the community college, Monco, and then um, I went to Temple after that, and I was just, like, meandering through life, I think. And I was just, like, writing music and releasing it randomly on SoundCloud. And then, like, the Chainsmokers had found me. Like, just the way that it happened was just, like, so random and, like, how – like. I f- it was like winning the lottery to be honest like mm-hmm. it just like it was just like this is happening for you 
So they like hit me up on Twitter. Like I thought they were hitting on me and I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to go hang out with this dude. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like I ended up like skipping class and like writing with them, like hanging out with them. And then could you imagine your teacher being like, you weren't in class. You're like, "Mm, just doing way bigger things. (laughs) Thank you though. I remember like at Temple though, like at like, I forget what it was, but they were like, yeah, sometimes an opportunity will approach you before you graduate. And like, you have to take those things. And I was like, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Rightfully so. You should have. Yeah. You did. So. so that opened up a bunch of doors for you. What kind of stuff? Just I know the answer to this, but just tell our listeners, like, what did you through that get to experience? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know. It's been, it's been kind of weird because it's like you never really get to, like, sit back and notice what you've done or accomplished or, like, the things that you've been through. Like, I um, was doing, like, right after that, we were doing, like, Coachella, and I had met, like, Usher and, like, Third Eye Blind. Like, it was just, like, all these things all at once, and I was just, like, I don't know how to function. Like, I don't know how to catch up, and I think even now I'm just learning how to understand, like, that was a part of my life and, like, how old were you again? Um, oh God, I don't know, like 22. Wow. I couldn't handle that at 22. I couldn't handle that now. No. I'm 30. No, like <laughs> I, I don't know how I, like it was, my life was like revolved around like you have to be at this place, talk about these things. And like, then I was meeting like people who I had idolized for like years, like ended up like writing with like Alicia Keys and like things that just like I never thought would happen and just all happened by chance because like the Chainsmokers had like message me on Twitter and not to owe my career to them. But like, I think that just, it, it opened a lot of doors. So what did your parents, I have to think, what, did, what was your parents going yeah. through? Um, you know, it was tough because my brothers are, were in a band and they were like on a major record label and everything. So for me, it was kind of like not that big of a deal that I was going to do music. And I remember when I decided um, I was going to not go back to school. It was like one summer and I had told my mom, like we were on like family vacation. I was like, this is a perfect time to break the news. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so I'm not going back to school in the fall. And my mom was like, knew this was going to happen. My dad was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm on the radio. So I feel like I'm probably going to do that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> going out on a limb. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going that feel way. Good yeah. about this. Yeah. Yeah. But they've always been super supportive. So like for me, I was, I was extremely lucky to be honest. And yeah, I don't know. I think like having my brothers kind of pave that path was very helpful. What kind of music do they play? They do rock music, like like alternative rock, like um, like Kings of Leon type stuff. Oh, cool, cool. All right, probably mm-hmm. something I would listen to then. Absolutely, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, it's very like Nirvana inspired with like dark guitars. And oh, things like that. I love Nirvana. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to catch up. Put on a pin that. in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. you ultimately decided this. Drop out of college. So I ultimately decided to drop out of college. My like, so I have two older brothers. My oldest brother started managing me and he's like still my manager to this day um, with somebody else now. But and um, and then my middle brother, who's like older than me, middle child, um, he like produces all my music. And, you know, he's so we kind of just like just forged it together. And now we all have like our separate careers, like my oldest brother's like managing other people and like my middle brother he's like producing other records and things like that so it's just I don't know it just happened I don't know that's like I wish I could like say like this is what did it but like I just well I think music's run thick in your blood for for yeah and Mm -hmm. I, I it's interesting Bobby and I were discussing this before we got here um, you kind of flew under the radar in high school. I feel mm-hmm. like you, he's like, how did I, he, this girl's famous now. Like, how did I not know her in high school? And like, she really, I think your voice and your style was very unique back then. And I don't think that 17 year olds were ready for it. And they were ready to like <laughs> digest like what you had to bring to the table. So I'm so thrilled that it's all come to fruition for yeah, you. And I think you. you really, really deserve it. It's been awesome. Um, so talking about high school a little bit. Do you want to get into what kind of started inspiring? I know you talked about your breakup a little bit, but how did that and other things kind of bring you where you are now, I guess? Um, I think it's like I was super inspired by like the Adele's of the world, like at the time, like Taylor Swift, people who were talking about things that were real things that like I felt like I was going through. And so in high school, you know, like I had I had gone through like bullying and things like that. Um, throughout like just all my schooling and then like going through like my biggest heartbreak like that was really hard so I was like you know I want to write something I don't know really what was like the turning point where I was like I'm gonna sit down at the piano and write something about this I think it was like I was just ready to talk about it and I didn't know how and so I knew that the only way I could communicate was through music and that people would listen that way 
So it just became this thing where I felt so alone that I started doing that with my music and then realizing that people like felt the same way. And so it became, it like snowballed into this thing where I was like, okay, wait, I'm actually like kind of becoming a voice for these people. And it just kind of collectively like happened. I wish I had like an impact on some, you know what I mean? Like, you have an impact. Look at that. But like, but I mean, like, I guess I mean it in like a way, like from like an artistical standpoint, you know what I mean? Cause I, I do not do any of the things of art at all. This is like, art though. This is art. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but this yeah, does like, count. I get, I guess. I just like I can't draw, can't sing, can't dance, can't. I, I can't. Do you could write a country song. I could write a country song. Earlier. We did, t- we Ooh, did burn. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all know my feelings towards country, but uh, I don't, I don't. You know what I mean? Can't play an instrument, can't do any of that stuff. So like that's why, like, I'm, not that you can't, you just haven't tried. I don't mm-hmm. know. There you go. You don't mm-hmm. know. It would turn out garbage. Like you never did like the teenage like I'm gonna play guitar phase. No, I'm yeah, surprised really about by you because you're such like a like a metalhead. You had an emo phase, everybody did, right? I feel like. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't like. Emo try. is never emo is not dead. Never, never, never dead. No. Never dead. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I never, never tried picking up a guitar. Never, because I just, I mean, I picked up a guitar, I looked at it, I'm like, I have no clue. Was it like a confidence thing, thing, or just like, just like a n- lack of interest? Um, I just, I don't know. Oh, this is a this is what always happens. Turns into therapy. At Sorry, some like point. let me interview you. This I love that. Happens in all my interviews. I'm like, I so how's it. your life? No, I love that. It, was it a confidence? It may have been. It's really weird because I'm like really good at Guitar Hero, like amazing, oh, okay. amazing right. at Guitar Hero. Like, but I couldn't like when I pick up. I just don't. I like. I think really what it is. I don't understand how a fucking guitar works. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm into cars and stuff like that. I understand how yeah. a car works like so then when i can when i was selling car parts and stuff like that like okay this does this because of this i look at a guitar i'm like so you hit this chord and all of a sudden it sounds awesome yeah. i don't i don't get it just Wild. i don't get it yeah, so guitar didn't really compute for me i tried for like a month and i was like this i feel like you're so musical though i kind of agree with you and it just didn't compute for me it was just too much i was my, and my little brother plays guitar yeah absolutely and he tried to teach me once too, and I think I just I'm like a very it's a lot much, of focus and like coordination. I feel like, and I'm a very much instant gratification person. Yeah, and usually if I'm good at something, the first time I try, you can at least tell that I'll be good at it. Guitar, I was I not. Gotcha. Yeah. I was like, this is hard, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I feel like it's taken me a very long time to be like a mediocre guitar player because like I'm also the same way. And so like I remember I started playing in like maybe like seventh grade. I was like playing like KT Tunstall, if you remember her. Mm-hmm. Like, and so like that's the stuff that I started like learning. And then like you know I would take breaks and I'd be like, oh this sucks, like I'm not getting any better. And so like just over time I would like pick it up, put it down, pick it. Like I go through phases. Like I'm mostly a piano player, but I didn't I, know that. Yeah, I would go through phases of like oh, I'm gonna pick up a guitar today. Well, I think you're great at guitar. I don't think you're mediocre. Thank so. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, songwriter, uh, mm-hmm. I find that to be really interesting because. The way I connect a lot to my style of music actually is because, and most people don't know this too, is that that metalcore genre is actually some of the most poetic music that yeah. you can actually listen to and see, but most people are just kind of afraid of it, which is fine. Um, but when you get down to like the nitty gritty of it, you're like, oh my God, like these guys are poetic. Where you found your initial inspiration and some of your struggles through high school and stuff like that, how do you continue to find inspiration? Because I know it's hard for us. And we were talking about on the way down here, people are like, is it hard to like make content? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It is fucking way wow. harder than you can think. So, yeah. like, you got that jump there. What is the driving force that keeps you going to continue? I mean, you had your big hit in 15. <laughs> it's six years later. Six years in the <laughs> entertainment industry is like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So yeah. what's that look like? Um, self-sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> we love that here. Yes. We're very good at that here. Honestly, though, like I feel like a lot of times I'm opening old wounds. I'm trying to relate to something that people I love are going through by digging deep into things that I've gone through. Like I'll dig into like my first heartbreak very often because like that to me was the most raw thing that I had been through. So like if I'm like, you know, just talking earlier when we were just talking about relationships and things like that, I'm like, okay, you know what? I can draw from this and draw from this experience. Where do I relate? And so then I will put myself in your shoes 
through the things that I've been through. And that's that's really kind of what I what I do. And then I'm also like taking notes constantly because I'm at a restaurant or if I'm, you know, just reading books or watching movies or talking to my boyfriend, things that he's going through. Like for me, even if it's like he, he's struggling with whatever, I can relate to a relationship, something that other people can relate it to. It, for me, it's like I'm always building something in my head. And like throughout the day, every day, I'm like, like a concept I go by concept so if like something pops in my head and I'm like oh okay okay cool um uh I, I want this to unhappen to me like I'll put that in my phone and things like that like things that like I can make a whole song out of I just like collect concepts all the time so you the gears are always turning always yeah it's like it never turns off like in the middle of the night I'll wake up and like I gotta write this down because if I don't I'll forget it and then I'll be mad at myself so it's you like, know you know who that sounds like is uh Elon Musk oh he god was a- no, seriously, he was on he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was and Joe Rogan asked him, he goes, "What's it like to be you?" And he goes, "You don't want to be me." Yeah, it's tough. And he was like, "What do you mean by that?" And he's like, "I don't stop I'm sure. everything. It's just constantly going." And he's like, "You don't want to know what these thoughts are." And that kind of mm-hmm. sounds like that, where you're just like one thing after another, right. like I got to do this. It's going to help and whatnot. That's and I imagine too for him, like, well, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be Elon Musk, but you know, for me, it's like I'm constantly moving the touchdown line. Like if I'm constantly competing with who I was having like a number six song like that's something to compete with and like the fact that you have to compete with yourself like I don't want to be a one-hit wonder I don't want you know like that's a lot to deal with but then I have to think of the fact that like that was the chain smoker song not mine I was on the song but it's not you know what I mean so it's like I'm still building from there but I'm still I still saw the success from that song I still saw what it was like to reach that fame so it's like I'm constantly living between two worlds so for me it's like how do I keep this momentum going with people realizing I'm still that person, but also like I'm still building it. It's just, it's a, like a whole thing. I commend you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I, it's, I'm exhausted listening to it. I'm not going to lie. It sounds, sounds tough. I've, I've wondered that often because I feel like you've always had impact and your, your writing has been very intentional. I, I, I think mm-hmm. from yeah. someone who listens to it and, um, you like you said kind of blew up like after you and I had spent time together mm-hmm. so I knew a little bit of maybe what you're going through at that time but I knew mostly high school stuff was when, right. we, when you and I were friends so I was always often wondering like what you know this newfound fame versus like I know the stuff she's put out in the past like how are those two worlds going to merge together mm-hmm. like verse and I feel like you kind of have come into your own a lot over the last couple of years and I think a big focus of that has been impacting people with things that you do because you're not I mean I don't see you as an artist who's just like let's put out a pop song let's just dance music everything you do is very intentional so like do you want to speak to that a little bit yeah I mean I think like definitely a lot of my career is like just trying to be the artist that I needed when I was younger like being the like I used to just like lay on my floor like listening like Gwen Stefani like singing stuff like to me like I want to be that artist to somebody who like comes home from school and they like had been through something and they're just like I need to put this song on you know what I mean like for me I've just always wanted to be that person to give a voice to people who are afraid to use theirs and so I think like throughout like since high school I had always promised myself I'd be vulnerable and I would be willing to you know put myself out there so that people could see like the rawest parts of me because I know that like that's what we need to see sometimes to see the human people and I think also being in the industry is like things are so polished like like if you're just like just anybody releasing music right now or just in general, pop music, I feel like it's so polished. Like it, when you when you look at like the pop girls in, in the industry right now, everyone's so fit and they're like perfect prime and like, you know what I mean? Everything's perfect and like their music is perfect. And I just, I don't want to represent something that like I'm not and not to say that they are, but I want to represent something for people that feels real and attainable. And I want people to know like, you don't have to be like this crazy, like, star popular person you know what I mean to be what I am like I just want people to know that you can be just like a normal girl and so I think that's like the biggest thing I want to represent I think the big word there was was vulnerable you know I it's funny our guest last week um Janelle we talked about vulnerability on there a little bit and she had just made a post and it was like I it's like answer the question I am and there was a big blank Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this Caitlin but I answered it and I wrote I am vulnerable on it and she was like yeah like let's go you know what i mean because like that's one thing that i've been trying to work on recent in i don't know what would you say like the last year or so of me like 
trying to tap in because I'm Tommy Tough Nuts. Like mm. I'm a stereotypical dude who doesn't doesn't have feelings, <laughs> right? Right. right. And like it now it's like slowly starting. I've been I've gotten way more into listening to music mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. I mean, I've always been into it, but like way more in depth. And tapping into that vulnerable side has been like a big um, accomplishment for me. So thank you, because mm-hmm. although I don't listen to your music specifically, <laughs> but in in you know we did on the way circle. here, we did, yeah, we, did awesome. yeah, we were jamming out. But <laughs> yeah. no, I appreciate that. Um, songwriting, what is what does that look like as far as like I know we talked about kind of where you get your inspiration. Right. How do you? I mean, seriously, like, how do you write a song? Like, honestly, this I, is I, not I, where I thought we'd go, but I'm also so interested. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to know. Well, do you because... start with the words? Do you start with the melody? Like, how does that look? I think it's like both. Like, it depends on the day. If I'm, like, I don't know. It, it depends. Like, I could sit at the piano and be like, okay, wow, I love these chords. I'm gonna write around these chords. Or I could have a concept and I write the words and or figure out the syllables. Like, because I have to like count out syllables, make sure it fits with like whatever I'm playing, the time frame that I'm playing. So it's like, it really depends. Like, I could start with a guitar or like if I'm writing with a DJ or a producer that typically likes to like make the production beforehand, then I'm writing beforehand. Like, when I wrote with the chain smokers, they sent me a bunch of like songs without any melodies or words or anything and so like that's where I drew like my inspiration for roses and I was like hey this is what I've got let's build around this now so it's hard to explain because it's basically different every time but I would say mostly I go and I sit at the piano and I like plot out some chords and I'm like okay cool I have a concept that'll fit this vibe do you have like a time frame that you have to like work within because me if we're if we're going to like loop this back into like mental health Mm -hmm. I haven't actually even told you this, but I started like journaling a little bit lately mm. and just like I'm little so things, but just like little <laughs> things that like, I don't write out like a diary. Like right. I, like one thing I did was, you know, um, I wrote like three things or sorry, I started on like one side of the page. It's like kind of abstract starting like one side of the page and wrote like up the page instead. And I, I just wrote what I felt when I woke up that morning or if I couldn't get to it in the morning, I did it when I went to bed like, and I just picked one word. I love and that. I just wrote, write one word and I just keep going down. But there have been times where like I go and I pick up my book and I'm like, I don't have anything to say, but I feel bad <laughs> about it though. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, like but, you're like, like as if somebody's going to read it and they're going to be disappointed. That I didn't write something yeah. down. Like I haven't wrote, I haven't written something down in a couple of days mm-hmm. and I'm just like, but I haven't had a feeling in a couple of days, I guess. So, yeah. like, do you have that same thing? Like, do you like ever, like, get block? to the piano and you're just like, fuck, today's going to be a waste? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes, like, not every song I write is, like, going to be released. I mean, I have, like, hundreds of songs that, like, just probably are shit. You know, like just like looking back, I'm like, okay, you know, it's not my best song. <laughs> but, you know, luckily, like I it's not really like a time frame thing. Like for me, I have like a bunch of songs lined up that are going to be released. So I know that I have time right now. And if tomorrow in my session, I don't write a song that's going to be released. And it's like, all right, it's fine. I still have like 10 more that are already they're, set to they're go. They're in the pipeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about just like timing like that. And even so, even if I didn't, you know, it's like, I, I just have to trust that something's going to come of my creativity or of my non-creativity mm-hmm. you live in a good area for creativity i can tell you this mm-hmm. yeah this is um i mean very uh <laughs> my screaming you... neighbors <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we walked up, there's like eight kids outside <laughs> screaming around so with you being our final guest for may mental health awareness month I feel like this all just kind of aligned perfectly because a lot of your messages and your social media outreach and just knowing you as a person, you do have quite a deep connection with mental health. Do you want to talk us through a little bit what kind of struggles and stuff you face as an artist, as a person, what that looks like for you? Yeah, I think like my mental health, it's like such a deep part of my life. I feel like because like I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was in like fourth grade. So I had been seeing like a therapist since like then. And so I didn't really understand the depths of like anxiety, depression, things like the OCD, things like that until like senior year into college. I was like realizing, okay, actually this is like depression. Like this is like a thing. Like, and actually the person who introduced me to it was like my sister-in-law. She's like, I think you should see like an actual therapist. Like not somebody who's gonna like prescribe you your like ADHD medicine. So like this, it was like a thing that just like happened to me that I realized like that I had. Cause I was like, 
I was like, why don't I ever want to do anything? Like, I just feel like I'm not going to accomplish anything. Like, it's just like a very, like, a down talk that I always had on myself. So I feel like mental health became this thing that I, like, started exploring and then realizing that, like, I wasn't alone in. And since then, it's kind of just been this long process of learning how to live with it instead of, like, not having it. Because, I mean, you know, I'm, I obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, on medicines and things like that, but I think that the, the, the biggest part of mental health for me is learning how to do, like, build, build a partnership with it, because I think it's something that's going to come and go in my life, like, over years to come, and so if I learn, like, coping mechanisms, like music, healthy ones, then I know I can, I can manage this for the rest of my life, and so that's where music comes in, and, like, I learn how to speak through it, and, you know, a lot of my fans talk about how, like, oh, I was going through this, and, like, I was listening to your song, and it sounds like you were, like, going through exactly the same thing, and it's like, yes, I was, and, like, that's the point, that's why I wrote the song, you know, and so that's kind of just where it, where it goes in, in my head, is just, like, I try to be so vulnerable about it, but I think, like, the biggest thing about having a platform is that I want to be vulnerable about the fact that I, um, get help for it, because there's a lot of artists right now that I work with that, you know, their whole platform is built on being depressed or being um, anxious. And a lot of people see see that side of them when they listen to their music or they look on their social media. They see this these dark, dark, like mental health clouds over their heads, but they don't see behind the scenes of actually this person's like bubbly and happy when I'm talking with them and we're talking about their anxiety and depression and when we're writing these songs yes of course we're coming across like it's a, um, a very hard thing because it is but I think like I the reality of mental health is that it's up and down and not always so terrible and so I think like as an artist I'm I'm very adamant about showing the fact that it's a roller coaster and not like this constant down or this constant up if that makes sense no definitely I think what you one thing that I thought of as you were speaking there was like you have these artists that kind of build their foundation right. around like being depressed and this that, and the other thing where we don't they don't ever talk about the other side that they actually yeah mm -hmm. they use their music as an outlet mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. we get that that's what really you're kind of supposed to do as an artist right mm -hmm. um but you don't think about that they also get help too. Right. You know what I mean? Like they don't ever really right. talk about that. You know, they're, they're actively doing things that are also mm -hmm. helping them to, you know, get out of these dark places. So I commend you for at least yeah. wanting to shed light on that. Mm -hmm. So, so just to, to list them because we like to do this here. Number one, you are in therapy, I assume. Yes. Correct. We love therapy. We're both in therapy as well. <laughs> Always plug therapy, but just to, you know, Give us your rundown. Um, so you struggle, or I don't like to say struggle. You live, live with. with ADHD, depression, anxiety, and OCD. Okay, wow. Yeah, okay. and it's wild. Those were diagnosed later um, in your life? So I've always had, obviously, ADD, as I talked about. But um, I think, like, anxiety and depression was a thing that came, like, after high school. I mean, I, I don't really know because I didn't know what it was. Like, when I was going through bullying, like, obviously I was anxious. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't want to go to school and people just, like, pick on me. But I think, you know, now I have a, a grasp on it. And I was, like, officially diagnosed with it after, like, maybe my first year of college. And then OCD came after actually being, like, in the music industry. And it's, it's kind of been, like, triggered through like how I cope with my anxiety and, and, and depression is kind of like I'll obsess over like, um, numbers like social media numbers or, you know, just like any like knobs or you know, just like random things that just don't matter. Like I'll go around my house collecting pens, like just things that like don't matter, but like things that when I'm in therapy, she's like, okay, now like, what were you avoiding in that time? So it's like my OCD is very much avoidance and coping with not feeling enough in one aspect of something. That's so interesting. I never even knew because I, I honestly, I don't know a ton about OCD. I know mm -hmm. that we've talked about it in the last episode that people will kind of say, "Oh, I'm having an OCD moment," which to mm -hmm. me is like, I need my highlighters to be in right rainbow order. You know what I mean? Stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, um, that's that's interesting. I, I was gonna ask you. I was actually gonna ask you, like, what are the things that you know as far as because I don't tips, think I yeah. know. 
I mean, like you say, we have our, everyone has, like you say, their quote unquote OCD moments where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, it's got to be like that. You know what I mean? Right. But, but like, I don't think I, yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever met someone who is like, no, 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 I have this and <laughs> this is what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, what are your, what are your tics? Okay. Like, so I think it's like, it's, it's hard because I think like, um, there's a lot of like very known OCDs, like germaphobes. I mean, for lack of better word, people who are like hypochondriacs, which I do have, but not in the sense that it's like debilitating. I can't go outside. Um, and then there's also like the like wash. Yeah. Which is germaphobes, washing hands, organization, of course. I mean, all some stems from somewhere. But like for me, mine is like I constantly think that I'm like going to put my dog in the microwave or I'm going to like burn my house down when I leave. Like it's, it's more like what I'm going to do wrong to others. And so like if I'm leaving my house and my dogs are home, like I luckily have like a ring doorbell, but it's also poison because I'm like checking it and I'm like, did I set my house on fire before I left and like just decided to burn my house down without knowing it. So it's like things that like I can't trust myself. And um, I actually have a really good friend who's an OCD therapist who does like exposure therapy and like she has podcasts as well, but she talks about um, exposure therapy and like how OCD is like a bullshitter and basically just lies to you and it it makes you not trust your intuition like yeah of course I locked the door of course I unplugged my curling arm but for me it's like I probably didn't do that I'm also like obsessed with jinxes so like if I say hey this is supposed to happen and I'm like talking about it too much I'm like it's not gonna happen because I'm talking about it I jinx myself but you Mm -hmm. know it's like it's a lot of my OCD is like based on like something me doing it wrong it's funny, I had that or, or, literally as we walked in today. I was like, let me check my briefcase, make sure I have my laptop so we can record. Right. And then I like didn't feel it. I was like, <gasps> and then I was like, of course I packed the damn laptop. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it it you makes talk? you un- not trust yourself. Just like anxiety or OCD. It, it's, it has this way of convincing you that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about this a little bit for you, Bobby. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's me. It's... Because you're the most thorough person I know. You always have your shit in order and you never trust that you do. Yeah. yeah you and can't it's funny, trust yourself. It's funny because even when I was trained, like when I first started at my job, I remember like when, because at some point they like release you and they say, okay, you're going to, you're still in training, but you're going to be doing everything from start to finish now. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have someone kind of looking over your shoulder, you know, sitting at the chair behind you, make sure you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I would always be like, you know, to my trainer, I'd be like, hey, man, like, I'm doing this right. Like, like this, yeah, this. Like and, then, and, he, and then he would be like, you know the answer. And I'm like, yeah, but I want you to tell me it's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, need, I need that reassurance that it's right. Yeah. And it's funny. We were literally just talking about that at work yesterday. And I'm like, damn, that's like really me. Another thing, though, is I never really thought that that's what OCD me is. Me either at all. Yeah. That's that's the but furthest a, thing from what I It's an iceberg. Like I said, like, you just don't know, like just things that you do like for me again like I'm very superstitious and that's part of my OCD and so like if my I leave my parents house and I don't tell them I love you I'm like they're gonna die because I didn't say I love you and now I'm convincing myself that they're gonna die so it's like you like all of these things that like you don't realize and I'm talking to my therapist she's like yeah that's like that's an obsession that's compulsive like that's a lie that your OCD is telling yourself and I'm like okay and it's funny when you break it down to what it is obsessive compulsive disorder yeah so what was that like for you finding out that all those things that you've lived with your whole life actually are a symptom of a disorder i think it made sense for sure and i was like and then like i look back on things and i'm like how do i unlearn this though Mm -hmm. because it's like if i'm gonna okay so like i'm human so maybe sometimes i do forget to um say goodbye to my mom when i'm like rushing out the door like she's not going to die because I didn't do that. Like if she were to die, it wouldn't be because I didn't say goodbye. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, it, I have to like rationalize all of these things in my head. And then the thing, another element to add to it is that like I'll obsess over being obsessed about it. So it's like, like my journal is me like obsessing about something and I'm like obsessing that I'm obsessing about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to stop obsessing about this. And then I'm like trying to figure out like the cure and I'm like, okay, now I've just turned it to another obsession. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, if I'm going to walk away with one thing that I learned today is, <laughs> is that OCD is definitely not what I thought it was. No, right. Because like you said, or like you said, like my thing with OCD is 
the volume has to be divisible by five. Okay. You know, like <laughs> that's, things like that. Yeah. yeah which there are. Yeah. But, and then you're like, or like you my highlight numbers. Yeah. Like you said, my highlighter. Yeah, yeah. My highlighters have to be in order or like I have to wash my hands three times instead mm-hmm. of five. And I know that those are things, but then you don't right. think about all the other things that you just mentioned. You're like, right. wow, wait, that's also, cause I do do that. I tell my friends every time I hang up the phone, I tell them I love them. Yeah. I have oh, to do it. Yeah. And I make them say it back too. It's actually really yeah. funny. I'm like, I love you. They're like, all right, man, I'll see. You. I'm like, say it back. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, all right, all right, dude. And then they're like, all right, I love you. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) That's what I thought. But it's true. It's like, it's just things you don't think about. And interesting, too, how it kind of wraps back into the anxiety piece of it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you said, okay, what are you avoiding? That kind of stuff. I would have never connected those dots. What is it that you're like filling up right now? Like, for me, usually, like, social media is a huge trigger for me. And um, so, like, if I'm not. Especially now with algorithms, you can't figure it out. It's like one day I'm having a thousand likes, one day I have like 200. It's, it, none of it makes sense. And so like I'm obsessing over how to fix the system and also how to make it so that when people look at my page, like they're not going to think, what the heck's happening to her? You know what I mean? So it's like I'm not only obsessing in my mindset, I'm obsessing over what people are thinking about this. And then what I'm thinking about thinking about it. Oh my you know gosh. what I mean? So it's like... Spirals. Yeah. It spirals and it's just like it turns into anxiety and it's like it becomes debilitating and then like especially if I'm like traveling for writing and I'm by myself like I can't cope any other way than to be by myself you know so it's like that's I mean luckily I have music but it's I, hard. I have to ask do you I mean for someone who has a pretty decent you know social media following you know what i mean um, he means personally our instagram is not popping but it should be guys follow us on the gram anyway. <laughs> yes follow them. but you know you know for your for your platform like you know you obviously you do pretty well off of that how do you manage that with mental health like because i can yeah, tell you hard. this i have 1500 followers on my personal mm-hmm. that maybe which is I pretty think good I'm, for that's an average actually great. Show, I, think. I mean, that's yeah. great for an average show. I, I maybe said. I guess I have no idea. I don't. I don't. I try not to care right. enough. You know what I mean? Um, but I have like fifteen hundred. But there are times where I'm like, damn man, I've posted that and I only got thirty likes. Same. None of these people oh, like yeah, me. me too. I couldn't imagine if I had. What do you? I think you have like fifty six thousand or something like some, that. Some yeah. or whatever. Like I mean, you're obviously verified and all that and it's like well if i post something and you're like oh man like how do you control how do you manage that yeah i mean i go through the same things that you guys go through like if i post it and and but then that's like another ocd trigger it's like if i'm not getting so many likes per minute then i'm like okay this this post sucks and i have to like delete it or like i'm like like my therapist will be like you have to keep that up for more than a day just to like exposure therapy yourself like if if i'm at like an hour and i don't have more than 200 likes i'm like fuck i'm fucked Am I allowed to curse? I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So, with so you social talk about media, social media and therapy. Oh, yeah. I have to because that's like my biggest thing. I think that's so important and yeah. I commend you for that. And I commend you for admitting that because I think that a lot of people oh, probably yeah. want to and don't. So. Yeah. Do you admit that social media is toxic? Oh, it's toxic. All Absolutely. right. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Just wanted to make I sure mean, we're on I mean, you same. have to think about like so many things. Like, so like if I didn't have to have social media, I wouldn't. I would be uncharted but the fact that like i have to have social media like the fact that like okay i'm between record labels right now and i know that every a and r you know person who could sign me to a label is looking at my numbers thinking okay uh what can she bring to the table she's only getting 200 likes on this thing she has this many followers but she's only getting this many likes and then also you have to add to the table the algorithms um whose posts are being promoted who has social media managers like i don't have social media managers right now like i'm trying to do organic things and so it's like everything you see that's like oh my god that person's like popping off you're like okay well do they have a social media manager are they paying for sponsored posts like it's it's just so many things that the average eye doesn't catch and so for me social media i have to treat like a nine to five like i if i wake up i can be on it from like nine to five and then i try to like not be on my phone on social media at nighttime or on the weekends because to me it's just it could become too much but then that's like the thing that could ruin you because you're supposed to have like 10 story posts a day and then you're supposed to post like three times a week and it's just it ruins you it, i i hate it i it like I, i'm the same way if i didn't and i don't need it i know i'm not 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 like you where like i understand it's pretty fundamental for you to have right. it um i don't need it the only reason why i I'm really good at trying to like detach myself essentially. Like 
if I post something, I get 30 likes on it. I don't care. I liked it. So I post it and I want to share right. it. Like, that's kind of like where I'm starting to get at. Like where I definitely remember when I first started on Instagram. I'm like, man, really? I didn't, you know, that didn't. Remember when like you got to your 11th like, it went to, you know what yes. I mean? And, 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 yeah, and like, so like you had to get that 11th yes. like, like as fast as that. possible. Right. Yes. I remember thinking about that and being like, oh my gosh. And then now like I look back and I'm like, I don't care if I think something's funny, I'm throwing it up. You know what I that's mean? That's great. Like, I mean, but that's also how to build a social media following is being authentic. So it's like there's the balance between trying too hard and being authentic. It's like dating, honestly. Oh, like, 100%. Anything is like dating. Like social media, if you're trying too hard, people know. Yeah. You know? I took a break from Instagram from, I would say, it doesn't matter when it was, but it was about nine months. Mm, and wow. It was because I was just super depressed. I it's just could not, much. I couldn't look at, like, I remember looking at the girl who hosts Call Her Daddy, Alex Cooper, and I, mm-hmm. I had opened my phone and I saw her in a bikini. And I'm like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah. I don't look like that. That's for fucking sure. I feel like shit about me. Mm-hmm. I can't keep digesting this. And, and it's fucking my head. Mm-hmm. And I deleted it for nine full months. And I didn't my life changed so much. It was like, I would go out and I wouldn't think about like, got to get the perfect picture for my story. Like, got to get a perfect picture for Instagram. Like, it actually made me worry less about even looking perfect Being when I would go yeah. out because I'm like, well, I'm not going to take a picture. So if I, I'd rather just feel good and like wear yes. the, the good outfit for the picture. And then I came back when I was in a better place mentally and it's, and I would, I actually went back and looked at, I remember the post that triggered me so bad and looking at it and being like, it's so cool that I can look at this now and not feel as shitty as I did then. But also like just, I missed, it was so funny. I remember coming back to social media and girls had had babies that I didn't even see them get pregnant. So oh I was like, God. whose baby is that? I'm like, oh, that's hers. She had, she oh had a, whole, a whole baby and I missed the whole fucking thing. <laughs> straight, up, straight up nine months. Yeah, it was wild. But yeah, social media can be a fucking rabbit hole. And we're just... But it's living. not real. No, that's not the thing all. is that I try to be so real on my Instagram because like I know that I'm going to have fans that come to my page and compare themselves. And I want them to know like I'm... This is, this is me. I'm not photoshopping, you know, that... You're yeah. a normal person. Yeah, I just yeah. want to be because I, in the industry, know how hard it is to be like, oh, I should be skinny. I should have abs. Like, obviously, I do not have those things. Like, I'm a five-foot person. <laughs> like, I'm not going to have the perfect build. Like, so I, I just want people to know that, like, not everybody is is what they say they are. And I think that's really interesting because, like, when we when we interviewed uh, Jake Lores from August Burns Red a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, you guys, if you guys didn't listen to that episode, you should. Um, on that episode, I said the same thing. I was like, I commend that because when we came in or when I went in for a personal training session with him, he was like a normal dude, you know. And this is a guy that I've looked up to since two thousand when he joined the band in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, freaking Jake Lores, like mm-hmm. that's insane. And he literally goes, he goes, I appreciate that, but I'm just a guy. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like, I'm literally just a guy. Yeah. And you're, and almost every person that I've met of any type of status is like, they're normal people. And then, but they don't portray themselves that way, unfortunately. I mean, not saying you do, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, but like, no, I a lot of them don't portray themselves that right. way because they have to. Quote, you have to be like a rock star. You have to be yeah. this. And I'm like, wow, these people are just normal. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I met... There's one Instagram uh, kid. Do you guys know who Supreme Patty is? No, I don't uh, think so. He's this kid who's got famous for like squirting lemon juice in his eye and like he just oh, does like degenerate okay. stuff like that. Dude, most normal person I've ever met in my life. Wow. He is so cool. Like, and but then you hop on his Instagram, you're like, this guy's a freaking lunatic. And you're like, no, he's really normal, yeah. like really down to earth. So like I commend you for like your Instagram that it's it's normal. It's yeah. this. It's it's who you are. It's raw. It's authentic, and that's. I important. don't like the word normal. I like the word authentic. I think. It's yeah. Good. It's normal. Fun. Normal can be like mm-hmm. you slippery know, slope. Yeah. <laughs> a slippery yeah. slope. All yeah. right. Oh, I got to change my vocabulary then. <laughs> I'm just also really picky, so I'm just yeah. trying not to catfish. That's for sure. Like, I want people to like oh, know, like yes. when they when they see me on Instagram, like, and then they meet me in person, like, I just want it to be the same person. It's such a rabbit hole though, because you're like, could I smooth out my skin and look a little bit more oh, like I sure. have like even skin which like i'm not gonna lie i do it sometimes but when i discovered facetune three three years ago Mm -hmm. i remember downloading it and i was like oh i can look like whatever i want Mm -hmm. on this app and i remember the first time i edited a picture i was like look at me and then i was like uh this is not yeah what i look like at all and i I had to like erase the whole thing i'm like people are gonna see this picture of me like 
she looks great and seems like, oh, this bitch is a liar. Like, no. It's funny to even talk about uh, Joe Rogan again. He had a, a little segment about how his daughter, you know, can put a filter on and look like this model. And he's mm-hmm. like, this is tying into the mental health. He's like, this is so detrimental yeah. to little girls, mm-hmm. you know, mental health that they think that this is what they need to look right. like or what they need to do or, and, you know, and obviously guys, there's right. the, um, you know, same platform for that but like i think that that's crazy like we don't think about these things you okay. know what i mean we think it's just a dumb little snapchat filter or something like that and then you're like look i like i've been using this analogy a lot lately instead of looking at it like up close like right to your eyes like look back at it and look at it as a whole and you're like oh my gosh this is so bad and we're <laughs> fortunate too we're in our late 20s some of us are in our 30s not to mention <laughs> names yeah but, <laughs> i don't know who that guy is but we can look at him we can have these honest conversations about it of course it still impacts us and of course it's hard but like god bless the kids who are 12 13 that's what i always us. think like on tiktok when i think about things that are speaking of kids <laughs> yes speaking of kids if you guys can't hear liz has very active neighbors in the pool next door so <laughs> But it's true. Like, I look on TikTok and I'm like, I, and, and just like with the bullying I went through, like, I can't even imagine having these platforms of social, like, we had MySpace and like Facebook. And Instant but, Messenger, too. That shit was yeah. rough. Yeah, that was Bitches rough. popped off on that. They Ugh. sure did. I'll tell Bitches you. They oh, were. On, on the, did you get bullied on Oh, Instant yeah. Messenger? So did I. Oh, You'd like yeah. print out the conversations and like bring them to lunch. Like, look what Regina said about me. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Oh my god! Yeah, could you imagine the stuff that like? Because oh. like I, mean, I got I bullied. Too. I got bullied too. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, if I you didn't c- get bullied. You probably were the bully. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, true. If, 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 if it was a trickle down effect, I mean, that I feel like that's just a real thing. Like you don't know how it's to a rite of passage, I guess. Yeah, like you don't know what to do. This is how you're getting treated by your superiors. You know, older kids, this mm-hmm. and the other thing. And you're like, well, what do what do I do? And that's all you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, you probably pick on the next person. You know what I mean? Like, how do I? Uh, what's my outlet? Yours was music. Mine was like, I need to, I I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Now, see me, mine was a lot more um, like physical. um, Like I used to get my ass kicked all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for guys, it is usually physical, right? It's not so much of that mental warfare that I I would assume most women go through. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more emotional and mental Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But imagine that. Imagine having a, a, a TikTok making fun of you that wound up getting 3 million views. That's the thing. That's what like, TikTok oh is. Oh my God. Like people love. I call like it TikTok because I'm old. <laughs> people love knocking down. I mean, even just like on there, like I typically, my platform on TikTok is basically just calling out misogynists. So I just, it, to me, it's hilarious. And so that. like, uh, but I'm always getting like trolled by these like little boys that are like, this is why women are behind on the totem pole. And I'm like, you're like 12. <laughs> You still think you still think it's for peeing, bro. Good luck. Yeah, oh, I love like, <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, social media is just wild these days. I actually, ironically, on the way here, was talking to Bobby about a post that you had put up a couple weeks ago about how when you started this whole journey with music, that you never expected that to be part of what you'd be doing mm-hmm. so do you want to talk to us just a little bit about that yeah i mean when i was like idolizing people in the industry i was like still going to target and buying cds or you know like whatever we would go to to buy cds like at the mall fyi 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 is it e fyi is for your information okay F-Y-E. Uh-huh. F-Y-E. For entertainment. clearly I, there it clearly is. i paid attention so we never went <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah so basically like now when you're looking at like how to sell records or how to like do like Spotify numbers, you're like, you have to take so many things into account that I didn't want to be part of my career. Like obviously when you start a music career or any creative career, you're doing it for the love of the art that you're creating. But for me now, it's more like, hey, you also have to create social media content. You also have to be on every single platform and you also have to be very interesting and relevant and pretend that you're younger than you are and more single than you are. So it's like, Everything in the in the industry is like you basically have to pretend that you are not who you are. And I was like actually saying to my boyfriend the other day, I was like, you know what's kind of weird is like I don't know anyone in the industry that goes into like in the music industry that pops off in their career with a solid relationship. Like I don't think I've ever known anyone who became massively famous with a very solid relationship. Like I can't think of anybody. And I'm like, that's scary because my industry idolizes people that are available. And so for me, it's like I not only have to be present on like social media 
and relevant and young, but I also have to pretend that I'm also available. So it's like all of these contribute to numbers. So it's like if people think that I'm available, like, oh, I'm going to listen to her music. Oh, I'm going to think that's about me. And, you know, so it's like so many things that I'm doing to to make myself seem almost who I'm not, even as a person who is being authentic. That is I mean, we have like a little podcast, right? We like we're we're working hard, but I just kind of dropped two weeks ago officially that I have a boyfriend and I wasn't sure I wanted to say it for yeah. a while for the exact same reason. Like, I don't know, like I think everyone who knows me personally knows that, but do I wanna close that door of listeners who slide in the dms because they think that exactly. they could fuck me like mm-hmm. i don't know like and then but exactly that's, that's and like i said we're we're a two-man shop yeah you're a multi-platinum selling artist like I, and you're very happy in <laughs> on your every level i think it's just it's very hard to show yourself as like a complete person and still be relatable mm-hmm. because the the media the the media and like the industry for so long has promoted people that feel incomplete hmm and you do it's it's true like when you're hurt you can create some of the best art that you've Mm. ever made that's where the self-sabotage comes in yeah raw and real and like when you try and write a song about being happy you're just like i feel good (laughs) (laughs) now being the only guy in the room i have to ask your boyfriend. I mean, how does he handle this? Yeah. Does he think every song's about him? Like, what was that no. transition like? <laughs> um, he, you know, luckily, like, he's such a chill guy that, like, never once was he like, are you, like, okay. <laughs> like, he was never like, are you still in love with your ex-boyfriends? Like, he knew it. He, he knows it's all for the sake of art, mm-hmm. which is great. And, like, I think that the funny thing, too, is, like, Roses, I wrote about him, like, at the months that I had met him, I... Right. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, that was the start of us. And like, you I know. I just got goosebumps. Ooh, <laughs> so cute. And like, I remember listening to that song in his car, just being like, it's not released yet. And like, you know, he's telling all his friends, like, the song's coming out. And like, so you know it was about him at the time? He knew, yeah. Like, <sighs> he knew it was about him. Like, I'd send it to him right away. And so it's like, he knows that like, the foundation of my career was built based on the goodness that we have. And so he also knows that like, I am somebody who's emotional. I am self-sabotaging and like, I will dig deep into wounds that I have once felt, but not that I feel them now. And he is such a confident person that I don't think he would even care. But I, what does he feel yeah, as far as like, cause you talk about how like you have to portray yourself right? as available. Yeah. Like I, I would feel like, I mean, he would totally be... gets it. Cause like we, yeah. I, I talk about us like moving to LA and I'm like, you know, it's great because I know the industry is rooted in how men can connect with you. And so I've been in situations and basically every collaboration I've ever had is based on how men connect with men, how my manager connected with their manager. It's it's never like because like in the industry, if I were to connect with a male as an identifying female, it's like either they can date me or that's it. And like if they're going to bring me on tour, it's usually because like there's some chemistry there or they see some sort of potential or something. And so like typically, in, at least in the dance world, you only see men touring with men because they just bro out all the time. Mm-hmm. No offense, but that's the way it is. And so like I'm always telling my boyfriend, I'm like, you know, it's great. Like we moved to L.A. Like you can bro out with these guys that I need to be in with because I can't really be available as I need to be. You know, like I know. and And not to say like women need to be available to get ahead but unfortunately in a misogynistic industry it's it's how we have to portray ourselves and he knows and like he like I keep him pretty off my social media like post page because you know also I want to respect the fact that like he didn't choose this life for us like Mm -hmm. I don't want him to feel like he's um on on a platform if he doesn't want to obligated to do something you know what I mean yeah or to be someone kind of that he's keep not. My, I kind of keep my world safe, different. Like, Roses is who I am here, and then Liz is who I am there. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm kind of like two different people, I feel like. What's that like for you? It's weird. It's definitely weird. Because it's like, even like when I'm like playing live shows, like even before I step on stage, I'm like, I feel like Liz right now. It's it, it's like, it's so weird. Because, you know, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it's really my alter ego. Like, I am, like, when I'm Roses, and I'm dressed up, and I'm like doing interviews and stuff, like, I am this like, 
I would say I'm badass and like confident, whereas like Liz is like anxious, like anxiety puking in the corner always. You know? I'm not gonna lie, knowing you, I remember seeing you kind of blow up, and I'm like, whoa, she's really like killing you. Like I've known you for for right? a while, and, yeah, so it's and like, I was weird. explaining on the way here, it's like, what's she like? I'm like, she's really just like sweet, a little little goofy, like very like quirky, like really cool girl. And then he's seeing your your Instagram, he's like. Really? Are you, are you sure? I'm like, well, that's the Liz that I knew. It's like, like two different I don't... people. It's weird. And I was very interested to come here after having not seen you in so many oh years. Oh, my God. And then having seen Imagine you publicly. Imagine if I were, like, crazy different. Well, I was – I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, is she going to be this, like, polished – exactly what you said, polished. Like, yeah. what I've seen in on Jimmy Kimmel and, right. and all that stuff. And, and it's interesting that, that you're still yeah. you. But but that makes a lot of sense. Right. You have to have two different personas. Exactly. I have to be two different people. And, like, with, like, PR people, it's, like, they'll tell me things. Like, if I'm in, like, a big interview, they'll say, like, these are things you can say, these are things you shouldn't say. And, and you know, but it, I try to be just, like, me. Because, I, like I said, I, I don't want to catfish anyone. I just want people to know, like, who exactly I am. And that's what you get. But it's almost like you channel that, like, whoever your anxiety or your OCD kind of tells you that you are. Right. It's almost like once you get on stage, you can just be that person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. I live my best life on stage for sure. I just think about that with like the mental health side. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. having to flip flop, like, God, that sounds exhausting. But I also think yeah. you, I, I would imagine it'd be difficult to say, be roses 24 7 because mm-hmm. that's probably really draining. Exactly. And I would say the hardest part is the fact that people who are not part of my roses life, like my best friends, don't really understand. Uh, not not to like say that they don't understand things, but it's it's hard for me to explain the stuff that I go through day to day, and so it's so hard for me to even want to open up and be like, so I was talking to this label and blah, blah. you know what I mean, like because it's like it's so it's such a weird world that I'm in, so it's kind of isolated and isolating in that way, where it's like I am two different people, but I feel like a lot of people don't get the roses side of me because it's so intricate and involves so many moving parts and it's like me and my boyfriend Brendan moving to LA is going to be a huge thing for me because he's going to be let into that roses world that he's never been let into before so you're moving to LA in September right we talked about this off air a little bit you're currently in Philly Mm -hmm. making a big move in September yes that's exciting yes so you're merging those two worlds for the first time then exactly so I, I just really wanted to like for the longest time I kept them separate and you know really didn't want people into my personal life but I think that like now it's kind of time where like I've established who I am as an artist the things that I like to say and the things that I stand for that like it's time that like people who I work with and know and who deal with me a lot of need to start seeing who I am on the outside and then also I also want my boyfriend to be a part of who I am on the other side so that dude deserves a medal (laughs) I met him for maybe maybe 42 seconds yeah. um today <laughs> I, he just, we need to get a beer for him <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for that dude I, that's tough man I, like just like i said i'm the only guy in the room mm. right now i i don't know if i could do that that's a tough yeah. that takes a that's a tough cookie it affects him too because he has to think about like the things that he says or mm-hmm. things that his social media could have said or yeah, before or you know the it, way that he looks thing. and how much he's working out and you know things like that so it's like it's not only me that's part of it it's like his world too at this point yeah and luckily for met... him he's a stud so True. he's a good looking dude so. <laughs> you guys met before yeah, so we met like just before i had met the chain smokers that's crazy yeah. so you like i would have never known like Hey, I met this girl on Tinder, and it's like, whoa! Now she's famous as fuck. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. no idea. A song that's about me, no, Loki Fry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's awesome. Um, we want to thank you um, for letting us obviously record at your beautiful house down here in Philadelphia. My noisy house. Um, hey, whatever. Kids are kids, <laughs> it's right? It's authentic, right? That's yeah. what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you could leave our guests with one thing, what would it be? Well, I guess like the biggest thing that we talked about today was authenticity. So I think it's like, I think the biggest thing I want to say is like, always do things with intention of being who you are. Because if you can't be in love with yourself, then who can be? You know, it's like, I I just, I really think that it's super important to be authentic with yourself before anything else. And that's the journey we've talked about quite a bit, because I think we've all heard that, especially as women, um, since we were kids. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can't love you, no one's going to love you. And it's like, okay, I get that. But like, what does that really mean? You also can't demand others to love you the Mm -hmm. way that you want to be loved if you Mm -hmm. can't love yourself that way. Do you think that's something that you have always felt or do you think that you've learned to love yourself 
over time. Definitely learned. Like, I, looking back on people who I've dated or, or whatever, like, casually or serious, like, I look back and I think how much validation I looked for in them when now I'm realizing, like, I'm a fucking prize. Like, I know this. Like, mm. at this point, if me and my boyfriend broke up, I'd be like, I'm the prize. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> awesome. Like Bobby, because Bobby's motto is... I'm the shit. Yes. I'm the fucking shit. And I say it all the time. I may not feel it all the time, but I say it all yeah. the time. I'm the fucking shit. Exactly. You're lost, not mine. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Um, again, thank you. Thank um, you. Obviously, uh, if you want to plug, speaking of social media, if you want to plug your social media, feel free to do so. I'm sure you guys all probably already follow her, but in case you don't, Liz, where can we find you on social media? It's like literally everything is the same. It's roses, sounds, R-O-Z-E-S, S-O-U-N-D-S. That's it. That's and it. It's on everything. Awesome. Yeah. As always, uh, follow the regular Instagram page at a regular podcast. Feel free to follow my personal page as well, too, at yo bob, E Y O O underscore B O B. Did you know that you always squint when you say that? Fun fact. You always go, Do oh, I? Oh, oh, and then you squint when you say, oh. Just a visual <laughs> for the listeners out there. Anyway, follow my personal Instagram as well at Katie underscore A N I. It's K A I T Y underscore A N I. Liz. Thank you again for joining us. It's thank been a you. great day. Thank yeah, thank you for helping us close out a uh, mental uh, mental health awareness Thanks month. For having me, it was awesome. Thank you. And we will see you guys next Thursday. Love you.